Well, hey, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Woo, who's excited they came to church this morning? Come on. Wasn't worship amazing? Praise God, man. I don't know about you. We could stay in that flow all morning. But hey, we're so glad that you guys are here with us today. Welcome to Alive Family Church. Uh, we are uh, starting a brand new series this morning. So you came on a great morning. If this is your first time checking us out, we are uh, in a series this whole month that we've titled Running with the Giants, all right? And um, have you been with us for um, a while now? If you guys would remember, two years ago, we did a series by the same name, Running with the Giants, and we covered four giants of faith. And how many of you guys know there's more than just four giants of faith in the Bible? Yeah. And so we're like, hey, we're bringing it back. It was such a popular series. And so if you've been with us for a while, this is Running with the Giants 2.0, all right? And uh, we're really going to take the whole month to dive into uh, what God's Word says about some of these giants of faith. If you're not familiar with this whole term, giant of faith. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 11 in the Bible, it's also known as the hall of faith. Many of us are familiar with the hall of fame, right? That lists some of the best of the best of their particular field in the sports world, right? Well, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 talks about the hall of faith. It's faith giants, men and women of God who believed God and saw God do amazing, miraculous things. And as you read even to the end of Hebrews 11, you also meet faith giants that didn't even see the promise fulfilled on this side of heaven, that they died believing God in faith. And, and, and like that is so inspiring to me. And so we're going to dive in and we're going to take a look at this. But if you get through the whole hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, you get to Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to look at verses 1 and 2 as kind of the foundation to kick us off in this series this month. And Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And so God calls you and I as believers to run a race. And what race are we in? He calls us to run the race of faith, to run our faith race. And he, he says, hey, come along these cloud of witnesses since we're surrounded by such great faith men and women, these, these giants of faith, come run with them. And so for us to do that, we are going to take a look at some of these faith giants. I believe God wants to stir our faith this month. Am I too loud for you guys? I feel like I'm coming in hot, so if you need to turn me down, go ahead. Uh, online, you're like, I don't know. I, my phone doesn't go up any higher, so it's all good. Uh, sorry, I just felt like I was coming in hot out of the monitors there. Um, I believe God wants to stir our hearts and stir our faith this series. If, you, if you've been needing a dose of faith, if you need your faith built in an area, I believe this is a series for you. I think we all can use an extra dose of faith in the times that we're living in, amen? Uh, I know that uh, four different places in the Bible, God calls us as his people to live by faith. He says, the just shall live by faith. And, and also I know in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so we're going to hear the word of God this month. We're going to hear about these faith giants this month. And God's going to build our faith. And so this week, the title of my message is Noah Faith. Everybody say Noah Faith. Noah Faith. And we're going to get to that faith giant in just a second. But let's open up with a word of prayer and get our hearts and minds ready to receive from his word this morning. Father, we, we just thank you so much for your presence here with us today. Thank you that we can gather under your name and that your name is above every name. And Lord God, we're free in this place. And so Lord, as we open up your word, as we open up the scriptures, we pray, Lord, that we would be encouraged. 
that our faith would be encouraged, our faith would be built, our faith would be inspired today. Lord, that we'd also be challenged, and Lord, I pray that we'd be changed. Lord God, that the faith that we see in Noah, Lord God, would inspire us to run with him in similar manner, Father God, and would help us see amazing things done in our own life and in our own sphere of influence. Lord, we love you so much, and we pray this all in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed, said, amen. Hey, a question for you guys. Have you ever been challenged to believe God for something that seemed crazy? And can I see a show of hands if anybody's like, yeah, it, maybe it was weird, maybe it didn't make sense, maybe it was scary, intimidating, but like God wanted you to do this or he spoke something to your heart or he revealed through his word as you were meditating and reading scriptures, many different ways God can speak to you. Often it's not audibly at all. It's through the Holy Spirit, the inward witness, the word of God, right? When God challenges us to do that, it's a scary place. But how many of you guys know God will always call us to new places in spaces and it will require faith to go there. We won't have all the details figured out ahead of time, right? And it may look silly or it may look crazy to the world around us, right? And so I think uh, this faith giant that we're talking about today, Noah, he takes this to like a whole nother level. And um, I want to read just in the hall of faith right now from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, where it talks about Noah. It says this, By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. And so our faith giant this morning is Noah, all right? And and a lot of us are like, oh, man, I, I'm, I'm, I know Noah. Like, I'm familiar with Noah. Like, Noah and Noah's ark, right? Like, two of each kind of animal on this boat save the world. Good. Awesome. Good job, Noah. Way to, way to do that. Can we all go home now, right? Uh, no, no. I, I feel like as we dive deeper, like, this is a story that I've read a million times. But as, as I was diving deeper even this week in preparation, there are so many truths and so many different things that I believe we can pull out of this that would inspire our faith. And so we're going to take a deep dive and look at this giant of faith. Who's ready to learn a little bit more about Noah than you knew before you came in today? Come on, let me see a show of hands. Anybody? Awesome. Online as well. Here we go. Who's ready to run with this giant of faith? You guys ready? All right. So uh, Noah, this whole story of Noah and the great flood spans from Genesis chapter 6 through Genesis chapter 9 in the Bible. So the book of Genesis is the first book of the Bible that we have. And no, no worries here. Just don't freak out. We're not going to read 96 verses of scripture in a row here together, all right? I'm going to spare you that. I, I'm going uh, to assume you know how to read, okay? And you can do that on your own. Uh, but I'm going to paraphrase kind of the whole story of Noah just so we have the context. In case you're not familiar, like me, I didn't even grow up in church. I wasn't in kids' church. I wasn't singing the songs about Noah. I just knew about like, animals, ark, boat, water, flood. Like, that's all I knew. But I didn't have to know the nitty-gritty details. And so I want to paraphrase that for you guys real quickly. And so when we meet Noah... We start in Genesis chapter 6, and God had created Adam and Eve, and then Cain and Abel, and then like the humanity started populating the world, right? And that was good at first, but then uh, God saw that the man's heart was wicked. It was evil, and no man on earth was doing good. And, and so he was actually sad, the Bible says. He was sorrowful that he even created man. And he said, you know what? I need to get rid of them, all right? That's pretty crazy, right? And so he finds Noah, though, and it says that Noah found grace in the Lord's eyes, and we'll come back to that in a minute. So Noah, God approaches Noah. He says, look, I'm going to wipe everything out. Um, You are going to need to build a boat, all right? And it's going to save you and all the animal kingdom, all right? And so verse uh, Genesis chapter 7, Noah also, uh, God also tells Noah to take two of each kind of animal, male and female, and bring them on the ark with him. And his Noah, his wife, 
his three sons and, and their, their wives. So eight people enter into the ark, right? God sends a flood and it starts to rain, or he starts rain on the earth. He starts raining for 40 days and 40 nights, all right? And we get mad about a couple days in a row, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it, it just starts flooding. And, and so floodwaters cover the earth and then they rise and they rise and they stay on the earth for 150 days. And then in Genesis 8, it says, God remembered Noah and all those animals that were on that ark. And so he begins to let the floodwaters recede. And he finally brings them out onto dry ground. And we talked about it last week, but the first thing that God ever did when he created man, Adam, and Eve is he blessed them. Guess what the first thing he did after he started over humanity? He blessed Noah and his family and said, be fruitful and multiply. And uh, they began to obviously populate the earth again. And then God, a lot of us are familiar with this detail, but God made a covenant with them, which is the strongest agreement that God can ever make with us. And he said, I will never flood the earth like that again. And there was a symbol in the sky. What, what was that? It was a rainbow, right? And it, every time you see it rain and there's some sun there and you see that symbol there, it's saying God's like, hey, I'm a man of my word. We were singing about it this morning. I'm a man that should not lie and I will never do it that way again. Amen. And so this is an incredible story. Like when I, when I think about the details, like this isn't some like cute, like, yay, this is kids church, Noah's Ark, like flannel graph. Like let's get all this. Let's, let's play. Let's be the animal. All right. Let's get on there. No, man, there is so much in this that challenges us to the core and inspires us to be a, a man or woman of faith. Let's talk about faith, man. Out of everyone in the whole world, God picks Noah to help save humanity in the animal kingdom. That is powerful. There is so much that we can learn from Noah's life and his example of faith. And so for the remainder of our time today, if you guys are note takers or you like to just have some takeaways here, I'm going to make it real simple for you guys. There's going to be three things that we're going to focus on, three specific areas. And if you're note taking, these are three things that Noah teaches us about faith. Three things that Noah teaches you and I about faith. You guys ready? Number one is this. Integrity releases the signal of faith. Integrity releases a signal of faith. What does that mean here? There are certain signals that you can pick up on and cues in people's lives, right? How many of you guys know you know when somebody's happy and you know when they're mad, right? Some of the spouses are shaking their heads, yeah, right? Right? You can tell if someone's angry or like me, you can tell if I'm hangry, all right, which is a whole nother level of anger mixed with I need food, right? You guys experience that too. Some of you guys can tell when someone's all about it or they want nothing to do with it, right? There's a signal there that alerts us, right? Uh, what, what happens? Body language, facial expressions, the words, our, our mannerisms, our tone, right? All of that gets our attention either in a good way or a bad way. When it comes to faith, what are some things that signal our faith? Well, a lot of us would say the words that come out of our mouth, right? Are we speaking God's word, which is true, right? Our actions, our, our faith-filled prayers, or our confidence towards God that he hears us and that he would answer those things, right? Noah and the story of Noah, I think, reveals a very underrated signal of faith for us in our lives, if, if that would be. And, and we see this in Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. It says, the, and this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. Now, that perfect in his generations can, can mislead because how many of you guys know none of us are perfect, amen? 
Any, any perfect people in the room? Raise your hand. All right, I didn't think so, right? Yeah, it, it doesn't mean perfect as in he didn't do anything wrong. It means literally the translation of that uh, perfect in his generations is blameless or having integrity. So Noah was blameless or had integrity. Everybody say integrity. This is a power-packed word. Some definitions of integrity, if you're not familiar with this term, it's doing what is right and acceptable to God. Integrity is being honest and trustworthy. Integrity is, uh, means being whole or undivided, right? Basically, you're the same person you are in private that you are in public. When we're talking about integrity, that's the notion that we're talking about. And here's what I got challenged as I was studying this week, and I pray that it encourages you to never underestimate the power of integrity, Never underestimate it. Noah was just. Noah had integrity. He walked with God. He lived his life, and it was a signal to everyone around. It got God's attention. Hello. Out of all humanity, and God's like, I'm going to wipe them out, but I need one person to believe me in faith. Who does he pick? He picks Noah, right? Him living righteously, him living blameless, him walking with God, doing the right thing, even when no one's looking. God said, I can trust this man to help save everything I've created, because he did a lot of creating in those six days, right, at the very beginning. And he was about to wipe it all, but he needed to start over, and he didn't want to ruin his creation, because he's a God of love, and he's always got an extra plan, he always wants humanity to go forward, right? But he had to do what he needed to do, but he needed one man to stand in the gap, and he looked at Noah, because Noah had integrity. Guys, we've learned this before, but faith is believing in God's word and, and acting like it's true, right? When it comes to faith, Noah believed God. He walked with God and he lived in a way that was acceptable unto God. And guess what? That was faith to God. Side note, integrity doesn't always guarantee that you are operating in faith, but it does take faith to live in integrity. Amen? It takes faith and trust in God to live in integrity, right? You can live right before the Lord, but not be believing God and faith in other areas of your life. I've seen that true in my own life. But in order to live a life of integrity, it takes faith in God to live out his commandments and his principles and his purposes. Amen? It takes faith, right? And so integrity, man, this is such an underrated characteristic of faith, I believe. But it's so powerful, right? When we first meet Noah, we don't see that he's all saying the right things. At least we don't get that detail. We don't see that Noah went around and said all the right faith confessions, and God noticed him. No, We're first introduced to Noah as a man who does the right thing. As a man who does the right thing. And it pleased God and it got his attention. And as I was studying this, it reminded me of another faith principle that we read in the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11.6. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so Noah pleased God. We know that. So he must have been in faith, right? And Noah was a faith giant in this area of integrity. And guess what? He calls you and I to run with him. This is powerful stuff. And so, man, I don't know about you guys. I'm challenged by this in a good way. I'm challenged by this. And, uh, you know, may we, Lord, have a lifestyle that signals faith to the Lord and to the people in our lives around us, right? May we realize that integrity is a really big deal, to God, amen, that, that what we do behind closed doors and, and in public matters to God. It matters to our faith legacy, right? May we have the faith in God that like Noah had to do the right thing, right? And what a healthy reminder that 
Faith isn't just regurgitating scriptures, but faith is living our lives according to the scripture. Amen? It's not just a parroting thing and hope and then live like the rest of the world. No, it's aligning our lifestyle, our integrity to the word of God. And so, man, I don't know what that looks like for you and I, but I'll tell you what, the Lord can challenge us in a bunch of different ways. For, for some of us, it just may be simply telling the truth when we're confronted with a situation where we could just tell a lie and save face, right? For some of us, integrity could look like the images and the videos and the content and the media that we consume during our week, and, and is that honoring to God, right? For some of us, it's um, how we act on the job, how we act on that business trip when our spouse isn't with us, right? For some of us, it, for the unmarried person, it's what we do on date night, and when the sun goes down and when it gets dark, where, where, are, where are our boundaries, right? Integrity is all of those things and so much more, and so I, I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're being challenged with, but I know our Father in heaven does, and he loves you, and he wants us to be people of faith. And faith isn't just saying the right thing. Faith is living in a right way. Amen? And, and man, I'll tell you what, that is so challenging, but that will change us, right? Father, may us, may we as a church, may we as individuals live in a way that pleases you and send out and release a signal of faith that God can recept and use to not only save our lives, but save all of humanity. Amen? So that's number one. Integrity releases the signal of faith. Number two is this obedience is the response of faith. Everybody say obedience. It's a full word, right? So God tells Noah that, hey, I'm going to flood the earth, all right? And I want you to build an ark with certain dimensions and all this kind of stuff, and it's listed in scripture. And uh, then we read in Genesis 6, verse 22, eight simple words, but super powerful. It says this, Noah did everything just as the Lord commanded him. Isn't that so powerful? Noah did it. He just straight up did it. I don't know about you guys. I'd be like, God, can we have a meeting? I'm going to need about four days. You need to explain all of this to me before I ever put one nail in a piece of gopher wood. All right? I'm just serious. Like, I need to have it all planned. Uh, my planner's out there. Like, like, I just need to know how this is going to work. When exactly is the rain coming? And can I take a couple days off? Or do I need to just, like, keep building? Like, it, what's going to happen here, right? He just simply does it. Straight up does it. Did you catch that? He built the ark. He built the boat. He didn't buy the boat. Right, like Noah didn't have Cabela's or Bass Pro Shop at his disposal, right? Just go buy the biggest boat that's on sale, right? For some of you guys that grew up locally, he didn't have the privilege of having Wilson Marine right down the road, all right? Although their shirts back in the 90s would have been a really funny shirt for him to wear on flood day. Life is short, boats are cool, right? I don't know if you guys ever had one of those, but we grew up wearing those all the time, right? Yeah, this wasn't some small paddle boat that Noah was <laughs> assigned to build. This was a huge boat. Did you, Noah, <laughs> sorry, pastor joke, right? How big this boat was. Did you, Noah, some of you are sleeping now, you just woke up, right? It's like, oh man, this boat was huge. Scholars say about up to, there's a little debate on this, but the largest it could have been was about 110 feet long. That's one and a half football fields with including end zones. That's how big it was. It was 50 feet tall, taller than a, a four and a half story house, right? And it had three inner decks or three levels to this thing, right? The other fascinating thing is how long did it take? 
Genesis chapter 6, verse 22, that's the last verse, 22, is the last verse in 6. Between 6.22 and 7.1, when he says Noah starts gathering the animals, scholars say it took 55 to 75 years to build the ark. Somebody say, wow. That's a lifetime for you and I. Now, they lived to like 800, 900 years back then, so it's just like, hey, this is a little skip in the park. But still, like in our context, that's a lifetime of faith. A lifetime of faith. Some of you are like, I didn't know it took that long. All right, bad, bad joke. Okay, I'll stop with that, all right? I won't, I won't touch you that. It's, it went a lot better as I was practicing this week, all right? Uh, let's just talk about faith and patience, all right? We talked about that last month, but I guess seriously, faith and patience is everyday obedience that we see in the life of Noah. Every day that Noah woke up and he grabbed that hammer and he grabbed a nail and he grabbed a piece of wood, God, I trust you. God, this is crazy, but I trust you. God, I believe you. God, you're a man of your word. Boom, and he just put nails in. Can you imagine the ridicule that Noah probably got, even from his own family? Dad, you're crazy. You've lost your marbles. You're building a boat. It's barely sprinkling around here a lot. And what you're, this flood's coming, you're gonna ruin your family. You're gonna ruin your marriage. You're gonna do this. And Noah just believed God and kept showing up every day and kept doing it anyway, amen? He was not shaken by this. And remember what it said about Noah in the hall of faith in, in 11, Hebrews eleven seven. It said, by faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, was moved with godly fear and prepared an ark for the saving of his household. This reminds me again of another definition of faith that we find at the very beginning of the Hall of Faith, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith was Noah's evidence and obedience was Noah's response, Amen. He had that substance. What was his substance? I trust and believe God. I can't see the flood coming. I can't, I don't know all the details. I just know that God said to build an ark, to build a huge boat, and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna trust God and do it in faith. And once the ark was built, Noah didn't stop being obedient in faith to the Lord. We know that further down in Genesis chapter seven, verse five, God came to him and said, hey, I'm gonna need you to bring two of every kind of animal on the boat that I'm gonna bring to you here, and you need to do this. And it said this in, in Genesis 7, 5, and Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. There it is again, obedience. Just a man of obedience, right? When we're in faith, it produces immediate obedience in our life. Get this, if Noah would have delayed or hesitated, all of humanity could have been wiped out. All of the animal kingdom could be wiped out. I mean, shoot, you and I, there's a chance you and I would not be here today if Noah wasn't obedient and believed God in faith. Isn't that challenging and inspiring? That obedience, and a lot of you guys have heard this before, but I think it's worth mentioning because we can sometimes be obedient, but on our timeline, in our terms, delayed obedience is still disobedience, Right? If Noah would have delayed two days and taken a nap in a hammock instead of put that last board on there, the flood could have came and that boat wouldn't have been ready to hold up and all of humanity and the animal kingdom would have been wiped out. That is sobering, right? What has God told you to do in this season of your life right now that you've delayed doing? 
Has he told you to stop dating that person, but you're like, no, I'll just give him a couple more dates. He'll come around. I'll do this. Has, has he told you to start being generous or bringing your tithe in the stores? You're like, no, what? Now's not a good time. We got Christmas. I'll wait till, I'll wait till I get a red. I'll wait till tax return. I'll, I'll do it another time. But God's like, yo, I want you to honor me. Maybe it's like, hey, you need to have that conversation with that loved one. You're like, no, I'll do it next time, right? What has God spoken to your heart that you need to be obedient to, right? Hey, you need to forgive your, your family member. You need to bring healing to this situation. No, I'll just let God do it. What has God done? Quick obedience, immediate obedience is always the best. And it takes faith and trust in God to do that. Amen? And so God calls us to be obedient. And another side note before we get to our third point is this, that I really love in the story of Noah that I didn't catch the first couple times I ever read this. When you trust in God, when you trust God in faith, he'll finish it. Let me explain what I mean by that. When you trust God in faith, he'll finish it. It says that God is the author and the finisher of our faith. In Genesis chapter 7, verse 16, it says, The animals going in were male and female of every living thing. As God had commanded Noah, then the Lord shut him in. What, what are we talking about? Why did you get so serious here? This is an example of the natural and the supernatural working together. Noah built the ark. God brought the animals to Noah. Noah didn't have time to go across all the earth and gather two of every species. He would have missed his assignment. So God supernaturally made all the animals come to the ark where he was building it. Noah had to be in the natural and faith, get them on there. But can you imagine? I mean, some of you guys can't even get your dog to come when you call them, right? Like, hey, all of it. Come on, alligator. Come on, hippo. Let's go. Like, they don't respond. God, he needed divine intervention, right? Some of you are like, yeah, man, that dog. Like, we got to figure that out, right? It's like, get on the boat, right? Natural and supernatural. But guess who shut the door? God shut the door. Noah was just to be obedient and trust God in faith and do his part. And guess what? God would do his part. He shut the door and said, here we go. You've done everything I've asked you to do. Now watch what I can do through you. Amen? So when we do our part in obedience, God does his part in obedience, and it finishes or completes the act of faith that God has called us to do. Amen? Obedience is our response of faith. Amen? Last one, number three, if you guys are still taking notes, last one is this. I want to close with this. Salvation is the reward of faith. Salvation is the reward of faith. We saw in Hebrews eleven seven. it says, By faith Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household. That word saving in the Hebrew is the word soteria. It means this, salvation, deliverance, healing, safety, preservation, rescue, and literally saving. It is an all-inclusive word. Noah helped preserve his family, keep his family safe, heal humanity. He helped do all these things by faith, right? Noah demonstrates that there is a reward for faith, right? And it is salvation, When we trust God, when we walk in integrity, when we're obedient to what he calls us to do, it saves us. It preserves us. And it takes us forward. And the coolest thing that I see in this example of faith isn't just for Noah. Guess what? He teaches us that our faith affects other people. Can I get an amen? 
How you and I believe God or don't believe God affects not just ourselves, but others in our life. It honestly saved, Noah's faith honestly saved us in the animal kingdom. But practically, man, realizing that the decisions we make today to either follow God or not follow God make a difference, not only in our lives, but in, in all of eternity. Your, your integrity, our integrity, it affects somebody else, right? Our obedience to the word of God affects somebody else, right? It only takes one person, as we see through Noah, one person standing in faith to change the whole trajectory of a family tree. Could you be that one person? Is God calling you to be that one family, that one marriage in your family tree, in our jacked up family trees? We've all got those. We've all got issues. We all come from baggage. We have all fallen short. But how many of you guys know God isn't a respecter of any of that? He's a respecter of faith. Amen? Could we stand in the gap? Is there anybody in the room where your yes to Jesus, you realize that your yes to Jesus sets off a catalyst of other yeses to Jesus in your family tree? Your yes to Jesus your integrity for Jesus, your obedience for Jesus can be a legacy of faith, of salvation for you and your whole household and your family. You see, our job is to have faith, to trust and believe God, but God does the saving. God shuts the door. God does the healing. God does the preserving. God does the miracle. We just simply trust and believe with everything we've got in faith. And what is the reward? Salvation. Salvation is a reward of faith. Man, I don't know about you guys, but I am stirred up and I am challenged to the core by our example of Noah. That one man could have integrity. One man could be obedient. One man could save his whole household. And you know what? We're created in the same image and the same likeness that God created Noah. So if God could do it for Noah, guess what? He could do it for you and I too, amen? That's encouraging today. So I don't know about you guys, who's ready to run with Noah? Come on. Who's ready to run that race of faith and say, you know what? It may sound crazy. It may look crazy. If God said it, I believe it. That settles it. If he said the floods come and build a boat, I'm gonna build a boat even if I live in the middle of a desert. Because God knows what's best for his kids and he protects us and he sees the 30,000 foot view. We see right in front of us, it doesn't make sense. God sees the whole picture and he's a loving father. He wants to save everyone. He wants everyone to come to the saving knowledge of him. And it takes faith to set off a ripple effect of salvation for generations to come, amen? Could we be that church? Could we be those people? Could we be those believers? that let our integrity, our obedience, and just our simple faith save so many other people. Amen. I believe we can. According to God's word, I believe we can and we shall. Let's go to God and ask him to help us with this as we close in prayer. Father, we just thank you so much for your word today. Lord, I thank you for stirring us and challenging us and changing us. Lord, we want to run our race of faith just like Noah. Father God, help us remember that integrity releases a signal of faith. Integrity gets your attention, God. Integrity is a signal to the world that there's something different about us than them, that they desire, that they need, that they're craving, Father. Help us be men and women of our word. 
Help us be consistent in our lifestyles, Father. We thank you that your Holy Spirit breaks the power of sin and addiction and failure and bondage right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that we are free to worship you and that our integrity would send the signal of faith. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we could be obedient, not selective obedience, not obedience when we want it, when it's convenient for us, but immediate obedience to your word and to your calling. Father God, as we are obedient, Lord God, I thank you, Lord, that you can move in that space and you can do wonders. And Father God, I pray and ask you to just continue to remind us that salvation is the reward of our faith. Not just eternal salvation to spend eternity with you, but Lord, even in our day-to-day, that preservation, that health, that, that protection, that deliverance, Lord, that we need each and every week as we navigate this world and this culture. Lord, that that is a result of our faith. And Lord, that we would stand in the midst of our family tree and our lineage and we would say, I've got faith and I trust God and it would create a ripple effect of salvation and yeses for Jesus for generations to come. Lord, we ask you for it. We praise you. We receive it by faith and we pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody greets that. Amen. Somebody glad you got something out of church today. Let me hear you. If you heard God speak to you in some way today, praise God. He is faithful when we stand in faith. Amen. I just got one more thing that I want to minister here and then we'll close up. And it's this. Hopefully you learned a lot today, but Noah's Ark, the story of Noah's Ark isn't this cute, cuddly, like floating zoo story for kids church, right? We got the little tykes thing and we play with it at home and it's, oh, look at the little bear. He's on the hook. It's like, That's pretty intense. There's a flood coming to wipe things out. How many of you guys know that there's many things in the Old Testament that are what they call a type and a shadow of Jesus? What What do I mean by that? They point us to the one that saves our soul. They point us to the one that is the most important to have a relationship with, right? Noah's Ark is a type and shadow of Jesus, right? It points to salvation found in Jesus. The ark was made of wood, made of trees. Jesus was nailed to a cross made of wood, made of trees. There was only one door, one gate on the ark that people could enter in to be saved. There is only one name under heaven on which man can be saved. It is the name of Jesus, right? There was the ark ensured physical preservation for all of humanity and all of the animal kingdom. Jesus ensures spiritual preservation for eternity in heaven when we put our faith and trust in him. Jesus is the ark that saves you and I from the sin and the destruction in this world. Can somebody say amen to that? Come on. Aren't you thankful for a man named Jesus who did not back down and did not shy away from the assignment that God spoke to his heart to do? He was a man of integrity. He did quick obedience and he purchased salvation for all of mankind. It's a free gift. All we have to do is receive it. Amen. And so as we close today's service, I never like to end a a service without at least an invitation. So if you guys would bow your heads and close your eyes here in person and online, would you just reference that moment as well? If you're here today and you're like, you know what? I don't know that I'd go to heaven if I were to die today. I don't have assurance of eternal salvation. Or maybe you'd be like, yo, I'm messed up. Man, I grew up in church. I've been to a million church services, but I've never had a marked moment where I've just simply said, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my savior. The Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. 
Don't let this day pass you by, this opportunity pass you by without receiving Jesus into your life. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that invitation's for you and you want to just simply be joined in this prayer that I'm about to pray, I'm not gonna call you out or call you up here or embarrass you. This is between you and your maker. He sees, he's watching the condition of your heart and he sees your response, your obedience. If you're here this morning and you wanna receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, would you just simply slip up your hand real quickly so I know who I'm praying for? Just real high in the, in the room. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. And here's how we're gonna do it. I'm just gonna pray a prayer and I wanna encourage all of us to just repeat this after me from your heart, knowing that God hears you. He's gonna come into some hearts in a fresh way. Say this to Heavenly Father. Thank you for your son, Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and as my Savior. Jesus, come into my heart, change my life, and help me live a life of faith that honors and pleases you. In Jesus' name I pray. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To further connect with us at Alive, visit us at alivefamily.church. And remember, people matter and Jesus is alive.